0: Hi everyone, it's Leslie Ludy, host of the Set Apart Girl podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. Today, I'm excited to dive into a topic that we really haven't covered before, and it's raising gospel-centered children. Now, whether you are single and maybe looking ahead to the future someday, if you are feeling called to marriage and family, or If you're a mom with kids at home or if you maybe even just work with kids and disciple them and mentor them, I'm hoping that what we cover in this episode will be an encouragement to you. I think it's really easy to lose sight when you are a parent or you're working closely with children on what the ultimate goal is for training them and raising them because it's easy to focus on, well, they need to learn how to do this and grow in that area and we need to discipline for this issue and that issue and even though those things are important. There is a global vision that God has for us raising children or investing in children's lives, and that is to lead them to Jesus Christ and build them into ambassadors for the kingdom of God as they grow up. A few years ago, Eric and I spoke at a large homeschool event and I remember that one of the young men who helped drive us around for that event was a homeschool graduate who was now in his 30s. Now he was an articulate, smart young man. He seemed to be doing well in life. He was living in a large city. He owned a house. He was doing well as a career in like financial planning or stockbroker or something like that. He was a conservative voter. He had several interesting hobbies And he was part of a good church. But spiritually speaking, as we spent time with him throughout that week, we realized there wasn't much spiritual fire in him. He was a respectable Christian who lived a morally upright life. He believed all the right things. And he had grown into a healthy, independent young adult and a positive contributor to society. Compared to the dismally low character and thwarted abilities of countless others in his generation, he was doing pretty well. But as we observed his life, we couldn't help but wonder, is this truly the global outcome that we as Christian parents should be aiming for? After all the effort that his parents had put into his homeschooling and his upbringing, had this been their ultimate goal for him? To raise a conservative voter with a well-paying job. Many of the veteran homeschool parents that we met at that event told us similar stories about their now grown up children. Oftentimes they were conservative Christians. They were doing well as students or business people, but very few were truly changing the world in a powerful way for Jesus Christ. They were going about the business of their own lives and living by slightly higher moral standards than the rest of society. They voted conservatively. They went to church, maybe taught Sunday school, but they really were not passionate about their christian existence it made us wonder what should be the ultimate goal of our child training if we choose to homeschool our children or raise them differently from the culture around us what are our reasons for doing this do we just want to raise healthy contributors to society or do we want to raise world changers for jesus christ those who are more passionately in love with jesus christ than anything else in their life Now, in asking those questions, we're definitely not trying to downplay the fact that God sometimes does call men and women to enter the business world and make that their mission field or to glorify Him in a seemingly mundane job. And of course, we can't underestimate the importance of relational evangelism, modeling the nature of Christ to those that we encounter in our daily lives as we go about our work or our studies. But if we look at Scripture, We see that God has so much more for our lives and families in this short time that we are here on this earth. We are not merely to look out for our own interests and get caught up in the cares of this life. We may have a normal nine to five job, but we are also called to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. And that is what we should be training and preparing our children for, whether they are going to be a stockbroker or a banker or a teacher or a full-time missionary. Over the past 20 years in ministry, I've spent a lot of time around conservative Christian parents and people who disciple children, but I've only met a small handful that have a vision to raise their children to be world changers for Christ in that spirit of Mark 16, 15. There are all kinds of strong ideas floating around the Christian world about what makes a successful God-honoring family. Some believe that the larger the family, the more impact the family can have upon the world, so their focus becomes on having as many children as is physically possible and then managing the logistics of a large family. Others believe that if they train their children to be excellent in education and business, that they can help shape the political future of our country, so they focus on helping their kids excel in speech, debate, and academics. There's a camp who believes that returning to a simpler era is the best way to honor God in their homes, so they more adopt that homemade clothing, play with wooden toys, churn their own butter lifestyle in hopes of protecting their family from the influences of a digitally consumed and materialistic society. There's other groups that focus on teaching girls how to be homemakers and boys how to hunt and fish, trying to debunk the gender-neutral distractions in our culture. And of course, there are a lot of other varieties of Christian families out there with different emphasis points. Now, certainly these convictions or ideas are not wrong in themselves, but sometimes when we get so caught up in those specific lifestyle choices, we can miss the one key ingredient that should be the focus of our child training and our family, the centrality of the gospel and the fulfilling of the great commission, knowing Jesus Christ and making him known. 1 Peter 2.21 says that Christ left us an example that we should follow in his steps. And what were the steps that he walked in that we are to follow in? In Luke 4.18, Jesus proclaims that he was sent to preach the gospel to the poor, heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And now those are the very tasks he has commissioned us to do and to prepare our children to do. So when we as parents or those who are working with children are getting too preoccupied with the cares and affairs of this life, whether it's in lifestyle choices or in pursuing goals such as helping kids get into a good college, we can fool ourselves into thinking we're raising a successful family, but all the while we can fall short of God's primary vision for our children. He wants to build our children into men and women who will go into all the world and make disciples for his kingdom. He wants to equip them to preach the gospel, heal the brokenhearted, and set captives free with his truth. Any pursuit or lifestyle choice that we adopt within our families should be just a tool that can help our children know Christ and become equipped to share him with others. If it's not serving that purpose, then it's really just a distraction. Now again, I'm not trying to snub the idea of helping our kids get a good education or obtain a well-paying job. That very well may be God's specific calling upon their lives. And of course, I'm not trying to discount the value of having a large family or homeschooling or training our children in specific skills. Again, those things may very well be steps of obedience to God. But if those things become our main focus in child training, we are missing the mark of God's calling for our lives and our families. The more I study scripture and learn from Christian history, the more I'm convinced that the only kind of life that is truly worth living is one that goes all in for Jesus Christ. As Christ said, whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So if I'm not preparing my children to give up their own dreams, wants, pursuits, comforts, and their very lives for the sake of Christ, then I'm not really preparing them to live a life that counts. Now, what does it really matter if they're good at debate or they know how to so address? If they don't have a heart of radical surrender to Christ, everything else is pointless. If you are ready to forsake the distractions and cares of this world and raise your children or invest into children that God has put into your circle of influence to become champions for the gospel, I'd like to share a few practical ways that you can start. The first one is to share the gospel with your children. The first step in raising a true world changer for Christ is to introduce him or her to Jesus in a personal and life-changing way. All the character training, Bible knowledge, and church activities in the world can never replace a genuine personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We have the opportunity and privilege of leading our children into a relationship with Christ and helping them make that relationship the foundation of every godly behavior in their lives. In their early years, our Children need to be taught to comply with correct behavior simply to respect the requirements and expectations of their parents and their other authorities. But our ultimate goal should be for them to turn their lives wholeheartedly over to Jesus Christ and embrace godly behavior out of a heartfelt desire to love, honor, and please Him. So, for whatever your personal dreams and goals are for your children, make sharing the gospel with them a primary focus. Help them cultivate a daily relationship with Christ and show them by your life and example that he is the only source of true fulfillment and security and joy. If you'd like more practical ways on how to do this, you can look at my book, Set Apart Motherhood, which has an entire chapter on sharing the gospel with your children. The second practical is to give kids a gospel-centered vision for their lives. For the past few years, Eric and I have had a tradition of Listening to a Christian biography in the evenings with our two older children, when they hear stories of men and women who gave up everything for Jesus Christ, it gives them a vision for gospel-centered living. We talk about what these men and women gave up for the gospel, how they counted the cost of following Christ, and we ask our kids to think about how God might be calling them to do the same. When we talk with our kids about their futures, our focus is on how they can fulfill God's call upon their lives, not just on how they can fulfill their own dreams. So rather than asking questions like, what do you want to be when you grow up? We've shifted to start asking them, what do you think God wants you to do with your life? When we encounter non-believers, we ask our kids how they can be praying for them and how we as a family can demonstrate the gospel to them through our lives and words. Because of this, even our younger children are gaining burdens for the lost and constantly looking for ways to share Jesus with people who don't know him. We've also found it really helpful to give our kids a heart for persecuted Christians around the world by praying for them, sending gifts of support and letters, and looking for ways to help kids grasp the needs of orphans and vulnerable children around the world, like helping them sponsor children through compassion and taking them on missions trips whenever possible. These are just a few of the ways that God has led us in giving them a gospel-centered focus for their lives, but I would encourage you for the children in your life to prayerfully consider some ways that you can begin to instill that gospel-centered focus into your children. Ask God to show you how to pass on his vision for their future, and he'll be faithful to show you what that looks like. And another practical is to major on the majors and minor on the minors. And we kind of touched on this earlier, but I would really encourage you that as you raise your children or invest into the lives of children, beware of losing sight of Christ as your North Star and becoming preoccupied with side issues that are not truly central to the gospel homeschooling, dressing a certain way, having a large family, listening to certain kinds of music, adopting a specific denominational leaning, none of these things are wrong in themselves as long as they don't become the focal point of your life and family. Too many Christian families seem to be sending the wrong message to the world around them because they are totally consumed with a personal conviction, belief, or lifestyle choice that isn't truly central to the gospel of Jesus Christ. In other words, they are majoring on the minors instead of on the majors. As healthy as personal convictions can be, they need to be an outflow of our love for Christ, not what we place our hope or our identity in. When personal convictions are placed above Christ, they make us susceptible to self-righteousness and spiritual pride. So prayerfully consider whether there are any areas of your focus that are not truly built upon the centerpiece of the gospel, Jesus Christ, and then ask God to show you practical ways in which you can begin to place the distractions aside and major on the majors once again. That doesn't mean you throw out your convictions about homeschooling or dressing a certain way, it means that your focus is primarily on Jesus Christ. Unless you build your family on Jesus Christ as your firm foundation, you will not be able to truly prepare your children to change the world for him. Your goal is not to make disciples of homeschooling or specific denominations, but for Jesus Christ. And the last practical that I want to share with you is to overcome excuses. It's very easy as modern parents especially to feel like we don't have the time, we don't have the energy, we don't have the skills to really train our children in the gospel life. I want to share a little story with you about Hudson Taylor when he was a young boy. He was one of the most world-changing missionaries in history, but he wasn't always passionate about God. At one point in his life, he was a floundering, wayward teen with no real interest in spiritual things. His mother was a devoted Christian, and she was greatly burdened for the state of his soul. As the years went by and Hudson remained spiritually indifferent, she felt a strong desperation to cry out to God for her son's salvation and see the power of the gospel change his life. One day when she was away from home and staying with a friend, she felt especially pressed to wrestle in prayer for Hudson. She knelt by her bed and determined not to rise from that spot until she was confident that her son's soul had been won for Christ. Hour after hour, she pleaded for Hudson until at last she could pray no longer, but knew in her heart that the victory had been gained. Christ's spirit made it clear to her that her son had come into the kingdom of God that very day. And upon her arrival home several days later, Hudson met her at the door to tell her the joyful news that he had given his life to Christ at the very same time she had been wrestling in prayer for him. That is an incredible story. It's amazing to realize how many countless lives were eternally impacted as a result of this faithful mother's diligent prayers. This heroic woman vigilantly fought and won the battle for souls beginning with one of her very own children. R.A. Tori said this, and it's so powerful for those of us who are parents or those who have influence over children. Oh, mothers and fathers, it is your privilege to have every one of your children saved, but it costs something to have them saved. It costs your spending much time alone with God to be much in prayer, and it costs also you making those sacrifices and straightening out those things in your life that are wrong. It costs fulfilling the conditions of prevailing prayer. And if any of you have unsaved children, when you go home today, get alone with God and ask him to show you what it is in your own life that is responsible for that present condition. Now, it's easy to listen to a, a powerful challenge like that and think, well, we as parents can't really choose for our children. It's not completely our responsibility. God gave them their own free will, and that's too much pressure to put upon a parent's shoulder. It's certainly true that our children need to choose the gospel for themselves and that we as parents cannot make that decision for them. But that does not mean we should sit passively by and just hope that they end up choosing the right path. Rather, God calls us to fight diligently and passionately for the souls of our children, even to the point of personal sacrifice. As R.A. Torrey said, we have the privilege and commission from God to see each one of them saved and give their lives to Christ. And though we cannot choose salvation for them as mothers, as parents, as influencers, influencers, our decisions and actions will have a direct impact upon the direction of their spiritual life. So here are some final thoughts that I want to share with you. God has placed a very high calling upon us as parents or anyone who has influence over children. And it's very important to know that he doesn't intend us to raise up world changers in our own strength. It's easy to feel overwhelmed, but he is ready to equip us for this high calling. He desires to give us the divine grace, wisdom, and guidance each step of the way that we need. So don't limit what he can do through your simple steps of obedience and trust in him. As you surrender your children to him and make yourself available to be a tool in his hands, he can take your simple fishes and loaves that you're investing into their lives and multiply them for his glory. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to go deeper into raising a godly family and living a Christ-centered life, please see the many resources that we have available at setapartgirl.com. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.